RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Richard Preble joins us on Reality Check Radio to talk about his opinion piece. Richard, it's good to have you back. Oh, it's uh, great to be with you. Okay, so... It's nice to know someone read my column. <laughs> Got to, no choice for the job. But it's re- it's really interesting read, and and I was already in the zone after talking with Rob McCulloch, and you mentioned um, some of his words uh, or, or uh, pronouncements on this in your piece. So mass immigration, when we when we think of mass, what sort of what, quantify that? Okay. Well, last year, um, up to February, uh, 152,000 new migrants arrived to live in New Zealand permanently, 152,000. Uh, that's, that's a lot of people. Of course, you've got to deduct all those doctors and nurses who, who left, mm. and we lost about 100,000 of them. But that's still 52,000 new citizens. And the way that I find it easy to think about 52,000 people is that that's about the urban population of Rotorua. Um, got people in the South Island. It's it's a population roughly of Invercargill. So we're talking about a city of Rotorua. Uh, and, of course, those 52,000 people on day one, they need housing, they need a job, they need transport, they're probably going to buy a, buy a car and head to the motorway rush, they need law and order, they want access to hospitals, um, and they want calling for their, for their kids. Uh, I've seen an estimate, though I don't, don't want to be held to it, uh, that a new immigrant arriving in the country basically needs uh, over $200,000 worth of infrastructure. But I say if you look at Rotorua, it's a city I know well because I live in the city of Rotorua, We've got five secondary schools. We've got 37 primary schools. We've got a 230-odd-bed bed, uh, hospital, you know, a, a, a major hospital. Then we've got five state uh, state highways. Um, I can actually look up the number here somewhere. We've, we've, despite that, we've actually got the worst housing, housing crisis in the, in the country, and now we're going to add uh, these 50,000 people What's even more worrying is the trend. So the, the Westpac is is predicting that we're going to have, um, oh, the population rise will be the size of Dunedin this year. Um, it's just massive. And what I worry about is this. We've got an infrastructure shortage. The government set up an infrastructure commission. They've gone and done an assessment, and they say that the infrastructure Shortage in New Zealand is $104 billion. And they did that uh, not predicting mass immigration. They just said that's that's how much we're short today. Well, you know, how did that come about? Yeah. When I was how did growing it come up, about? We, weren't, we weren't short of, of uh, $104 billion. Well, the reason it came about is that started under Labor and then accelerated under John Key. Labour and National brought a million extra people into the country, more than the economy could absorb. Um, Why do they do it? Well, it creates what's called a wealth effect because got a million people looking for houses. That's why a house that should be worth $350,000 in Auckland is worth over a million dollars. And people living in those houses, they sort of feel wealthy until, of course, they buy another one. 
and then discover that it's fool's gold. I think that, um, frankly, that Chris Hipkins has sat back and said, look, I work for John Key, I'm going to do the same. I'm going to let a whole surge of immigration come in. That'll create a wealth effect. They'll all be buying new things on, on day one. Uh, in fact, the Treasury is now predicting that the, this immigration is going to prevent us from having from having a recession. But the quality of life in New Zealand is going to fall. Um, and, you, and you mentioned uh, Professor Robert McCulloch, the uh, economics professor from Auckland University. He's one of only two, I think, uh, New Zealand economists who are international have an international reputation. He, he's a very fine economist. Uh, and he, he's quite firmly of the view uh, that a lot of the problems that we have in New Zealand today are caused by mass immigration. And he makes this point. The government talks about GDP. That's the whole economy. You can have the size of the whole economy increasing. So people say, this is great. We haven't got a recession. But our individual share of that GDP could be going down because there's more of us. And if there's going to be another 100,000 net more of us, we could, most of us could be poorer, but the government could be growing uh, that we've um, got a growing economy. Uh, can I make a different point, though? And it's this. Sure. Look, I'm not anti-immigration. I think the New Zealand should have some immigration just not more people than we can hope to absorb. Uh, the Labour Party actually got elected and their campaign promise was to reduce immigration by at least 30,000. Uh, this year, if the Westpac's correct, they will have a record immigration into New Zealand and almost 30,000 higher than any previous um, date. And nowhere in the budget, and that none of the infrastructure spending did the Minister of Finance say, and oh, by the way, uh, we are going to build a new city the size of Rotorua, all the housing, the infrastructure, the whole lot, because that's what we need, because we brought in another 52,000 people. He has no intention of doing that. So when you're sitting in the Auckland motorway saying, hell, this traffic seems to be getting worse, you're not making it up. <laughs> it is getting worse. Or if you're in the queue at the hospital at the A and E waiting five six hours to yep. to be to be seen, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we 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 bring in all the immigrants, so therefore we have to bring more immigrants to to, to make up the nursing numbers, to make up the doctors. A more sensible policy is to say, yes, let's have immigration and let's have positive immigration. So let's have the population going up faster than it's going down, but um, let's have it on a figure that. We know that the economy uh, uh, could possibly uh, absorb. Um, mm. Here's just an aside for you. This, this government, people are going to look back and say this government missed a huge opportunity. There's over a million New Zealanders living overseas. Many of them are highly skilled. They're actually the ideal immigrant because they fit in immediately. They've got the right qualifications. And, and, and on average, they're far more skilled than those of us who've been left behind. A whole lot of them wanted to come back under COVID, and this government didn't let them. Instead, it had a ballot, which sort of selected people. We, we could have brought back into New Zealand that 100 and 
what do they bring in? 152,000. We could have brought in 152,000 New Zealanders. They would have been absorbed back into the into the economy, um, and would be making a huge positive contribution to this country. But they wouldn't let them in, and now we've got a skill shortage. Um, I personally think that mass immigration is one of the biggest mistakes that National and Labor have made over the last 15 years. And it's just tragic to see this Labor government doing it again and basically doing it in order to win an election. Is it, it could be said to be reckless, couldn't it? It's it's a reckless oh. move. Oh, it's, yeah, it's absolutely reckless. Uh, I defy you to get a minister onto your radio station who can point out where the infrastructure is going to be for the 52,000 that came in last year and the net predicted 100,000 this year. Where are they? That's the city the size of Dunedin and Rotorua put together. There's no way that the construction industry uh, in New Zealand, that the schools or hospitals can cope with another 152,000 people. It just does mean longer queues. Um, it's nuts. And yes, the overall size of the economy might go up, but our quality of life will go down. But but here's another thought for you. Um, have a thought for the poor old immigrants. Um, yeah, yeah, they've been told to come here. That been if you looked at the New Zealand website attracting the government website attracting immigrants to New Zealand, they actually should be prosecuted. Uh, false <laughs> advertising. False advertising. Uh, there's a thing called the. I'll look it up. I've got it right here. The Inter-Nations Survey, and it's an organisation that surveys immigrants' experiences. And out of 52 nations in the world, New Zealand ranked as the second worst country. Apparently <laughs> only Kuwait is worse. <laughs> right. And this is, this is from the immigrants. They, came to, they come to New Zealand oh. with high expectations, and what upsets them? One, they're shocked at our low pay. <laughs> they're stunned by our cost of living crisis, and then they're appalled by the quality of our schools and hospitals. Uh, so we've got a group of, of migrants coming to New Zealand with high expectations, and, and, and now, they're, now they are bitterly disappointed. Um, a significant number of them in five years' time, when they qualify for Australian... They'll be out of here. We'll, we'll be out of here. So what's the point? I mean... Well, I know what the point is. The point is to create an artificial boom of GDP, but uh, and I, you know, yeah, for, for the politicians, I actually feel benefit. sorry for. I actually feel sorry for those immigrants. I don't want to bash them. I, no, I, I think they are getting a bad deal too. Yeah, so they're doing this for political gain, and yeah. I mean, I don't recall anyone asking me if it's okay. Anyone ask you? Uh, no, and worse than that, they didn't announce it. Um, and another thing too, and again, I don't want to be immigrant bashing, but the reason they got this number is they've actually lowered the quality. So the quality of immigrants we were bringing right. in prior to uh, COVID was higher. We have a point system. They've gone and lowered the points in, in order to be able to uh, get this mass immigration. And uh, um, people are just too politically correct to... You know, speak out on. I've had a number of people saying, "Oh, people wouldn't expect you to be anti-immigrant basher." Well, if you read that article, I don't think I am an immigrant basher. I'm just pointing out 
that New Zealand can't absorb this huge number. They, they presumably, they, Hipkins, Robertson and co, they know all this, right? Of course they do. And they're still prepared to do that. Yeah. But, but um, who in their right mind actually thinks that you solve a cost of living crisis by borrowing and spending more money? Um, there's not an economic textbook anywhere in the world that says that's the solution. And yet that's the government says that the cost of living crisis is its number one priority. But in, if you look at the budget, uh, they did the, they've done the exact opposite. Uh, I believe there are a bunch of office seekers that the only goal that the Labor Party's now got is to get re-elected. They don't care what policy is providing they get elected. They don't actually care about what damage they do because they say they'll solve that sometime in, in no, the future. They won't. How, how can anyway, they? the debt will be paid by, uh, there's a terrible saying by politicians, what's the future ever done for me? Um, yeah. They aren't worried about the future. They're just worried about today. You say Labor has lost its way, but hearing you, I'm thinking they've actually lost the plot. Yeah, okay. Lost the plot, lost yeah. their way. Well, uh, lost their way is a bit more friendly sounding. Lost the plot sounds like you're, okay, you know, you're I'm, off the I'm, planet somewhere orbiting somewhere else. Yeah, okay. Right. Well, I'm, I'm trying to be reasonable. No, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. And, and, and make a statement that, uh, I mean, even Labor supporters must think that. There was the Television One Cantor poll. They asked a question um, to vote, you know, to people. Do you think this budget will uh, in any way improve the cost of living? 60% of people said no. 23, 26% said yes. What that means is that a majority of Labor Green Māori Party supporters, a majority of their own supporters, actually think that this budget isn't going to help with the cost of living. Well, if you can't even persuade your own supporters, what what hope have you of persuading the electorate? And, of course, this shows that voters aren't, aren't completely stupid. Um, uh, the sort of measures you need to bring the cost of living under control that this government isn't, isn't prepared to do. So what would, what would you have to do if you were actually, you know, had the best interests of your own bloody country at heart? What would you do? Well, on, on immigration, I, I would actually fix a quota and actually say, well, we're going to work out how many people are leaving and we're going to have slightly more people coming in, and that's it. And I do a point system, so we bring in the most skilled. Um, frankly, we've got to face, we have to face up to some other brutal truths. Our polytech system's a, 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 a train crash. You know, Hipkins put them all together in one national polytech and that hasn't worked, but we need to make it work. We've actually got to train uh, New Zealanders. Um, you know, we've got a shortage of doctors. There was actually a proposal to the last national government predicting that there was going to be a shortage of GP, GPs and we needed another medical school or we needed to expand either Auckland or Dunedin. And for the last six, six years, governments have sat on it and, and been surprised when we got a shortage of doctors. Mm. Can, can you explain to me, because you've got all this vast, vast experience, how you can just sit around with your finger up your ass, sorry to say, and do nothing when all this is happening? What, what 
what sort of paralysis comes into it that that you oh, know, this, I, yeah. you've got to remember this Labor government didn't expect to get elected. In fact, it didn't. It was a coalition of losers, and the only reason we had a Labor government was that Winston Peters thought it, thought he'd have more control over over Jacinda than he would over Bill English. I mean, Winston gave us this government. They hadn't done the policy work. They set up what twenty two inquiries. Um, so that was a, those, that was an early tell. Most of those have gone have gone nowhere. That was an early yeah. tell, right? All those working yeah. groups. That yeah. was an early yeah. tell that they didn't have any yeah. ideas. That they didn't. They didn't have a way. <laughs> With just a let's 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 look into it, and then and then they've never had a grasp of the of, of the economy. They inherited a very good set of books. You know, we we probably had the best set of books that any government's ever had, and then they blew it. Um, People think that they didn't make great response to COVID. I, I think they did some things well, but I think in other ways they didn't. People like me said, what on earth are you giving out subsidies to huge law firms and big companies that don't need it? So hundreds of millions of dollars uh, was lost there. And then, of course, they went on with lockdowns too, too long. The last lockdown was the Australian Prime Minister. She took the unprecedented step of telling us not to do, we went ahead with, uh, and that caused enormous damage. Um, we overdid the uh, um, the quarantine. I so say we could have we could have brought back into New Zealand two hundred thousand skilled New Zealanders. Yeah, you never get well, an opportunity well, like that be a ever. Different you? country now. You mm-hmm. never get that opportunity. Ever. No, we'll never get it again. No, we basically spat in their eye when they said we'd like to come home. And so we, the government said, well, yeah, we know you're New Zealanders, we know you have the legal right to come, um, but you're not, but uh, would you like to enter this lottery? Yeah. And so I have friends of mine, you probably do too, who, who tell me they sat up for hours trying to get onto that website. Yeah, hours and hours. Hours and hours. Uh, and now looking back, we realise that the quarantine period was far longer. And again, the government own inquiry told them what they should do is do rat tests and they refused to do them for two years. Now they're doing them. Now they hand them out to you for free. But for two years, they said they didn't work. See, I'm having trouble, Richard, uh, just ticking this off as stupidity or losing. How can you be that much of an effort? They did, it seems, everything wrong. And it's so obvious. And it's the consequences. What about the debt? Maybe it's an age thing on my part. You're getting me depressed. But I think this is... The most incompetent government. I used to think the Muldoon government was, but Muldoon actually had, I mean, he spent big money on Think Big. At least we well, at least we had those projects. Your physical this government thing. spent just as much money, but I defy you to tell me where it went. Um, and they, uh, Grant Robinson hasn't seen a problem that he doesn't think throwing money at is the answer. Uh, I don't think they're competent. Uh, and I really hope for the future of this country that there is a landslide. But, hey, I have to go. I'm feeding an eight-year-old, and he's now urgently telling me that I should be giving him his dinner. Okay, now that's fair enough. So you think landslide, they're gone, but what's the alternative? That's probably for another day. But uh... Well, I'll give you one last cheerful thought. Um, <laughs> like the rest of the electorate, I've been looking at Christopher Luxton and wondering, yeah. But I, I'm impressed with a couple of things he's done. Oh. He made a captain's call 
that he won't do a coalition with the party Māori. Yeah. Well, that's right. That's a party that believes in separatism, thinks that doctors' first question they should ask you is, what's your race? The National Party was actually founded to be a party that was opposed to dividing the country by class and race and religion. So I'm glad to see a national leader actually remembering what the party's core principle is. Mm. And that was the captain's call. He didn't go to the caucus, um, and he did it when the Maori Party appeared to be the kingmakers. So it was a principle decision. Uh, good on him, and I think the polls are rewarding him. But, but I also think that he's, um, it would have been very easy when the government made all these populist promises in the budget to say, oh, we'll do them too. And there's plenty of National Party leaders I've known that would have. And he, he said, no, we won't. Uh, and he's also made the courageous decision, but probably needs another discussion, but um, that we need to raise the age of uh, National Super. Yeah. I mean, Chris Hipkins actually campaigned as an MP to raise the, raise the age. Ten years ago, he said it was unaffordable, and now he's trying to tell us it's affordable. I mean, uh, the guy's economic credibility is shredded, but I think that in Christopher Luxon, we might have someone who realises that economic credibility is more than is more important than going for just popularity. So I'm um, I'm starting to have some hopes. Hey, can I? Uh, can I? Leave you cheered us up just right at the end, maybe. I don't know. Okay, thanks, uh, Richard Preble. It's great to have you back again, and we'll talk again, I hope, some other time. There'll be plenty to talk about. All the best. Okay. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.